Hello there. You are listening to the MCC Sunday Sermon. We are so glad you could join us. We pray that this message will encourage you, build your faith on your journey with God. Enjoy. So um, I want to share today something that in a sense dovetails in with what Dan's been sharing. He's been sharing about worshipping God, ways to worship, how we worship, how we can connect well with God. And in some ways I want to talk about the the God who we connect to, the God who we connect to. And so if you ask people who maybe are seeking God, maybe they're not even someone who goes to church, what is the kind of God that you would want? You'd get many, many answers, and I want to share some of these today because nearly all of those answers is the God that I would want. First of all, I would want a God that is good, a God that is good one where his goodness flows out of who he is, his nature. And we read the first verse in Scripture, which just says, uh, for God, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And I'm not going to go through all of the Scriptures, it's quite a long passage, the creation passage. But he creates the earth, but, and he creates trees, fruit trees, where we can get our vitamin C from, the oranges and the lovely peaches. What's your favourite fruit? Mine's peach. I like a really good fresh peach. He invented these things for our benefit. And God produced seeds to produce harvests where we get our bread from. Ah, like a fresh loaf of bread from Baker's Delight. I can smell it now. Fresh ham, mustard, you know, hot English mustard it has to be. And God creates animals. He creates sheep. So where we get wool, he creates creates cows where we get uh, our dairy fruits from. There's, there's a great example, you know. Imagine a life without milk or cheese or even cream. Oh, I had cream on my cereal this morning. Sunday is cream day. I get the cream, put it all over there and the sugar. It's just terrific. But see, he's made all of these things for our benefit because he's a good God. And then he created man in his own image, And it doesn't matter what you look like, how tall you are, how wide you are, we're all created in God's image. Aren't we, Tony? Right? That's right, we are. And God surveyed everything that he had made in Genesis 1.31. And we read this verse, he saw everything and it was good and it was evening and it was morning, but he says, it's very good. So what he's given us is something that's very good because it's flowed out of his nature and it all fits together and he's done that just right and he's done it for us. In Psalm 106, it really just reveals in a sense how the psalmist, praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. He's good. His love endures forever. I'd want a God like that, wouldn't you? A God who is good. That's the kind of God that I would want. I'd also want a God who is faithful. You know the first miracle that's in the Bible, the first miracle? first miracle is mentioned in, in Genesis chapter 3 and it says this. Uh, it says, and God said, let there be light and there was light and God saw that the light was good and he separated light from the darkness and God called the light day and the darkness he called night, evening, morning, the first day. God said, let there be light, boom, the world come into being and there was light. So what are you worried about? 
If God can do that, what are you worried about? He is a faithful God. He, he, he makes the days, the nights, and the seasons. In Lamentations, it says, His compassions never fail. His mercies are new every morning. So every morning the sun comes up. We have a sunrise, evening a sunset. And we have this because he is faithful to what he has created and he's faithful to us. The seasons come, the seasons go, but they are always there because God never changes. In the old uh, King James it says, he changeth not. You know, his mercies endure forever. And that word mercies in Lamentations, is, it comes from the Hebrew word, which in a sense means a new mercy every morning that has never been used before. One that's special just for you for that day, never been used before. And so that's how faithful he is to us. I wonder whether the last time, when was the last time that you, that you thanked God for the sun coming up? I did it this week because I was preparing for this sermon, right? You know, and, I, <laughs> and I read that somewhere. You know, but I do, I do thank him for the sunrise, but especially this week I did. And the sunsets, I love the sunsets as well. Thank God because it reminds us that he is true to all of his promises. There was a, um, a student pastor that did his thesis on the promises of God. And... Uh, he wrote about and discovered, in his opinion, there was 7,487 promises of God. And God is faithful to every one of them. So we can trust in him. He's a good God. He's faithful. I love what Jesus said in Hebrews 13:7. It's not on the board. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And sometimes I walk around the room you know, in a sense, uh, announcing that verse to myself, you know, reaffirming. I will never, ever, no, never, ever forsake you. And that's who God is. There were two boys playing cricket in, the, um, in a cathedral churchyard and one of them hit the ball right through the stained glass window. Well, a priest come running out, grabbed one of them by the ear and dragged him into the church and... Um, he said, I think, son, I think the devil's got hold of you, Sonny. And the, and the boy said, I think he has too, Father. Um, and, um, and he said, you need to learn a lesson. So he drags him down the front. And he said, you need to learn some things. And he says, where is God? And the little kid, he's shaking like anything. And he's shaking as a big, big priest. Where is God? God, he boomed in the cathedral and finally shook himself loose, came running home to his brother. He said, hey, we're in big trouble. The church has lost God and they're blaming us. <laughs> but Jesus said, never fear, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I've been in the car dealership uh, for a number of years, so I'm retired out of that now. And not all of our investments worked real well. We started a Honda dealership in Maroochydore with my son, Phil, and uh, he worked in that. And for three years, we were pounding the way there and nothing seemed to work. And it was really, we burnt cash for the whole three years. And, you know, when your son wants to please his dad, who's working hard and trying everything and nothing is working, 
where do you go? Your emotions go down, you get the blues, and he went through a dark phase during that time. I was praying, Lord, get him out of here because he's not wired for the cars. That's not the right fit for him. And uh, as I was praying, I got a text from a friend who said, hey, I think Gary Crick could be interested in your business. So I contacted Gary Crick and, um, and Gary, uh, we did a deal, got Phil out of the dealership and then he did, really, did, really didn't know what he was going to do. And one day down in Queenstown, oh, there he is. One day down in Queenstown, we run into, we run into um, Gary Brown and Gary Brown's got a music shop and he's thinking maybe it's time for him to get out. So Phil does a deal with Gary Brown and he's now Mr. Malula Bar Music. Stand up, Phil. Give everybody who won't stand up. <laughs> and all of this, all what you see here, they put in, the Malula Bar Music. So give them a bit of a plug. That's good, isn't it, they? <laughs> Sometimes God takes you out of somewhere, which is not your wide gift, but you're doing it it's, you're doing, and then he brings you in a new place, another place. It takes you from here to here. The process is never easy. The process is not always easy. Sometimes there's a dark valley to go through. But, you know, it's in the valleys that we learn God's faithfulness. As it says in Isaiah, it says, um, when we walk through the waters, we will not, um, uh, they will not, they'll, when we walk through the waters, it will, I will be with you. When we pass through the rivers, they'll be, they won't sweep over you. When we walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. That's a promise. Have you been going through any valleys lately? Any situations that seem difficult, seem hard, seem dark? And God is a God who takes us through, takes us from there to there and brings us into a good land and a good place. That's who God is. I'd want a God like that, a God who is faithful. I'd also want a God who is forgiving. I need forgiveness. I'm not going to fess up right now, but I, I need forgiveness. You know, I, I say, Lord, you know, I allow things to get in my life and in my spirit, my heart. Sometimes it might be a criticism, sometimes it might be pride, sometimes it might be overindulgence. And we all have these sort of things, and we, but we have a God who forgives, who cleanses us. And it says in Psalm 103 to, you know, praise the Lord on my soul and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. And in that same Psalm, it goes on to say in, in verse 12, it says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. He's removed them. Try walking east and try to find west. You just keep walking. That's how far. He's forgotten our sins. Sometimes, unfortunately, we haven't forgotten our sins. Sometimes we think God uh, forgives the, you know, the kind of the everyday stuff, but he doesn't forgive some of the big ones. Or if he does forgive them, we haven't forgiven ourselves and we haven't accepted his forgiveness and so they're still there. They're like a little nagging voice. Oh, who do you think you are? You think you're a good Christian? Look what you just did. Don't you remember what you were like and what you've done? And these sorts of things come back to us. And they weigh heavily on us, you know. They can actually start to get us down. And so we carry the guilt of the past because we're not accepting the freedom of the future. We carry that. 
um, and God wants us to. And, and by carrying this, it robs us of the destiny that he has for us. Think of it this way, that, that God is the potter and we are the clay. And, and on this potter's wheel, he's shaping us and moulding us little by little. It says from one degree of glory to another. And sometimes we want to be there, but you know it's a whole process, lifelong. But we need to sometimes just accept that, okay, let's be happy and comfortable with the glory that I'm in right now or the place that I'm in. Because if we're going to be condemning, we're not trusting God. Because he says in Romans, there's no condemnation that is in Christ Jesus. I would want a God who was forgiving. The biggest mistake I made at the age of 16, and I can remember that far back, Matt, um, I was working at the post office. I used to be a telegram boy. A telegram is like when you get an email and you cut it off and you put it in an envelope and you go and deliver it to somebody just in case you don't know what a telegram is, okay? Uh, it used to come through on a printer. I was a telegram boy. Then I moved to the mail, right? I'm now sorting mail, right? You know, I got about an 80 cent pay rise. Then I moved to the counter. Hey, I'm really making it now. Selling stamps, selling stamps on the counter. Anyway, one evening a friend of mine came in. His name's Graham Carberry. Some will remember Graham Carberry. He was a, uh, an AFL umpire that uh, Phil Carmen headbutted one day and got 10 weeks. Um, Gary will remember that. So he was in the Navy and he was on leave and he came and he caught up with me because he used to work in the post office. We were good mates. Hey, why don't we do something tonight? I said, yeah. Hey, let's go to the dogs. You know, the dogs sound a bit of fun. The dog racing, you know, down at Sandown. Okay, we'll go to the dogs. Ten minutes later, someone came in to pay a big bill. It wasn't supposed to come to my counter, but the telecom counter had closed, you know, and the post office has to have their regulations. So uh, someone paid this bill with $500, or it might have been £500, I should look it up. Five, let's call it $500, and I thought... I know what I'll do. I've got a plan. I'll take the 500 out of the drawer, go to the dogs and pretend I've won it. Is that a plan a 16-year-old would think of and, and show off like that? Yeah, that's a plan. So I go there and then I thought, oh, the favourite. Everyone's back in the favourite. I better put 50 on that. I'll get 75 back. No, that didn't win. Then the next one, I said, oh, I better make that up. And then by, by the time I was down to $50, I thought, I've got to back a 10 to 1 shot just to get my money back. So I walked out of sand down with no money. Couldn't show off, couldn't do any of those things. So when you're guilty, you don't turn up, do you? So I didn't turn up for work next day and then they discovered the 500 was missing and then the federal police come knocking on my door and called Dad to come home from work and Dad came home and um, he just put his arms around me and he said, and we we're both weeping and he said, I forgive you. And you know, that's what our father's like, isn't it? Our Heavenly Father. He just says, I forgive you. And, and, and I think that's a really good principle because sometimes even as dads we can be really tough on our kids when they do something wrong. And we berate them and they become further away from us. But if they see the Father heart of forgiveness and love, you know, they'll come closer. And that's what God is like. In um, 1 John 1.9... It says that if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. 
And I think that this is one of the smallest words in the Bible that has the biggest meaning, all. All unrighteousness. He didn't just die for some of them. He cancelled out all of our sins. When I walked forward at church when I was 20 years of age, walking forward with tears in my eyes, coming to Christ, guilty in my heart, he cleansed me from all. I felt clean on the inside. My record of wrongs were cancelled out. And so are yours. All unrighteousness. That's the kind of God I'd want, a God who forgives. I'd want a God who is also a provider. When God delivered the children of Egypt from slavery, um, he said to them in Deuteronomy, remember all the things that God has done for you because he's bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks and streams and deep springs and rushing valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley and vines and figs and pomegranates and all of those other things. He's bringing you in. And then it says in um, Deuteronomy 8, 16, he talks about the manna. We'll go to the manna. So he says he gave manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known. Read this to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and strength of my hands have produced all this wealth, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors today. That's a great verse. It's a verse of God's provision. It's a verse to remind you that God's given you the ability to provide too. So be humble about that. It's a great verse. Remember. He says, remember. Remember the healings. Remember the prayers. Remember the open doors. In, uh, in, in, in early 2000, Mike Jeffs and I were building the Australian Christian Channel above Good Life uh, Centre in Budrum. And uh, we were halfway through the project and we still needed $400,000 to finish the project and the project, um, we were running out of cash. We, didn't, we weren't able to pay the builder. But Mike, who has more faith than me, says, let's just continue to build and God will provide. And I'm sort of worried about this or whatever. I come into work one Monday morning and in my car business there'd been a hailstorm that had wrecked 220 cars. And I actually teared up because of the, particularly the, the, the 40 cars that were already sold and we couldn't deliver them for people for Christmas. Anyway, we had a hail sale, you know, hail sale, hail sale. You know, Doug Drennan's doing deals, you know, and these terrible ads that you sometimes hear on the radio. And uh, they, they were terrible. But people came, people like Cookson, you know, tradies. They wander in. Uh, yeah, I think I'll have that one, you know. They wander in like that. And, uh, and, and we made a mozza. We actually made the most money we'd ever made at any single month in the car business, which was great. But then at the end, we sold 222 cars, by the way, in six weeks. That's a lot of cars. Then in the end, the insurance company gave us a check on top of our profit for $412,000. Just what we needed to finish off that is God, God, God provides. And, and I'd learned about God's provi- provision way back when um, I first become a Christian and pastor taught me about tithing. He said, tithing is a principle in, you know, in the Old and the New Testament. Give a tenth of what you take home. Not a tenth of your gross, tenth of what you've got. Okay, I, 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 you know, that's to me is, is a biblical thing. And um, so I gave $7 a week because I was earning 70 $7 a week. 
Then I went to Bible college. I only had enough for the first year. And then I went to um, uh, do ministry during the, the, the semester. So we did coffee shop work. The coffee shop work is you make a coffee shop in town, you invite people to it, and you, you, know, you, you teach them the four spiritual laws, you know. Well, you know, that's, that's how we save people. Uh, anyway, we went uh, to a Bible study and this, um, this uh, dairy farmer gave me a check. The check was for $70. And that week I had got, uh, my, my rego was due, which was $70.41. I never had enough money for my rego and he gave me enough to cover my rego. And I learned way back then that God is a provider and he won't let us down. Tithing, you know, we need not fear it. God will always provide. It says in, in Luke, somewhere in Luke, uh, it says, give and it'll be given for you. Luke says a lot, by the way. Um, well, he was a doctor, you know. It's a wonder that they were able to transcribe what he wrote, you know. So um, he says a lot. So it says, uh, um, give and it'll be given to you in full measure, overflowing into your lap. And uh, I've found that God is a provider. And not only is he a provider, but but you discover along the way the principle that difficulties are really God's opportunities in disguise and how God can turn things around. And, and God is also a, lo- a loving God. So God is good. That's his nature. God is faithful. His character is dependable. God is forgiving. That reveals his compassion. God's a provider. We see his generosity. And God is loving. God is love because that's who he is. His love is eternal, Psalm 103.11. It reaches to the heavens and reaches down to us. His love won't run out when we get to heaven. It'll be there forever and ever and ever. His love overlooks. It overlooks the failings of us, so his love endures forever. It's an enduring love, Psalm 100, verse 5. You can't make God love you more or love you less. It's not what you do. It's just who you are. You're made in his image and he loves you. Someone once said, love is not love when it is altered or governed by the one loved. Take you a while to get that. Love, I won't, I'll just repart. Love is not love when it's altered by the one loved. That's not true love because love overlooks the faults and love loves anyway. One last little tiny story. There was a dad putting his son to bed. He was three and he was frightened of the dark. And he tucked him into bed. His bedroom was next door and he, and he said, Daddy, are you there? Yes, son, I'm there. A little while later, Daddy, can you hear me? He said, yeah, I can hear you. Then there was a pause and he said, Daddy, is your face turned towards me? There's something good about that, isn't it? Our Heavenly Father, his face, face is always turned towards us. Always turned towards us, even in the darkness. His face is turned towards us and always will be because his love is unfailing. Psalm 33, 18 says, it's, it gives us a great hope. Those who fear the Lord, whose hope is in him, in his unfailing love that never runs out, that never gives up. I was trying to think of a, a, a word that just described God's unfailing love and I come up with this word, inexhaustible. Inexhaustible. That's a good word, isn't it? So go today knowing that you have a God who is for you, who is on your team, he's on your side, and he wants to 
display all of that goodness and faithfulness and provision and forgiveness and loving kindness that he has to you. So let's pray. Lord, sometimes we forget how great and good you are and how good to us you are. But may we today be filled up with praise and thanksgiving for what you've done and who you are, that you prove yourself to us. You are the God that we want because you are the God who is our true and wonderful God and our Lord Jesus Christ who died for our sins. We ask your blessing upon this church, upon the leadership, upon all of the teams, upon every step and every part of their journey. You're in it. You haven't forgotten them. You're leading them. We pray too, Lord, for Dan and Elise this weekend and the, and, and the others, that they will come back with just something that's, that's right for our church in Jesus' name. And Lord, if there's someone here today that doesn't know you, May that be a step today where in a person's heart they might say, yes, this is right for me. I'm going to follow him. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you once again for joining us. Feel free to contact us on our Facebook, our website, and jump on our Instagram at mcc.church. Also, make sure to rate and review as well as share. Finally, from all the team at MCC, Have a blessed day and until next time, bless you.